Good morning, everybody, and welcome to When I Rise on November the 29th in 2019. This is Friday, so we will cover the gospel text for the week. You might be asking, well, what week are we in? We're in year A of the lectionary, which is the first Sunday after Advent, or sorry, first Sunday of Advent. So what we do on Fridays is we read the gospel text. The gospel text is in Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 through 44. In fact, the gospel text for this year for Advent is all in the Gospel of Matthew. So we'll read this one, and I'll provide a couple of points of reflection, and then we'll pray along its salient themes as we allow our soul to rise up to meet God this morning. Let's all pray together. Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 through 44 says, But about that day or hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving and up marriage, up to the day that Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. This is how it will be when the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with the handmill and one will be taken, the other left. Therefore keep watch, because you do not not know the day nor the hour the Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you must also be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. This is the word of God for us. There's many things that we could say about this passage in Matthew. I think it's just worth noting why it's included in the season of Advent because Advent, once again, is a season of waiting in the life of the church. It trains us and it teaches us not to have all the things that we want all at once. And so uh, the season of Advent uh, encourages us to wait upon not just the first arrival of Jesus as we celebrate on Christmas morning, but also the second arrival of Jesus that he has predicted and he has promised us that he will return and so Matthew gives uh, some parables here about what the end will look like. It's simply worth noting that a few of these references are located only in the Gospel of Luke and Luke puts them a little bit earlier in the Gospel uh, these references and so Matthew chooses to put them at the end. It seems like Matthew has a peculiar shape uh, to the teachings of Jesus. He has uh, parables about the kingdom of God in the first part of the gospel. Then he has parables of grace in the uh, second part of the gospel of Matthew. Then it's parables of judgment. And it's just important to know that Jesus is saying to keep watch. And one of the peculiar things that uh, Jesus says here and what has um, provo- you know, provoked many of the uh, scholars of the New Testament to wonder is what exactly is Jesus speaking of? Is he speaking of the very end of the age um, is he is he referring to uh, what some scholars suggest is AD 70 when uh, the judgment comes upon the city of Jerusalem and uh, they are judged uh, for the way in which they've wandered away from Yahweh uh, with the destruction of Jerusalem by the Roman Empire and because they rejected Jesus ultimately um, in the years leading up to his crucifixion and his resurrection and so there's always this peculiar uh, question mark when we come to this 
a piece of scripture. And of course, American modern Bible readers want to think Jesus is speaking always to them. And so uh, some people suggest that this is about uh, the return of Jesus and we're going to certainly see it in our lifetime, uh, they might suggest. And so what we've had over the last couple of hundred years, in particular after World War II, is this dates and times and this predicting of uh, when these things are going to happen and who plays what role and um, what are the exact events that are going to bring these things forward. And so uh, I'm not going to answer those things here (laughs) because that's a bit above my pay grade. Um, Even Jesus says the day of the hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven. Uh, But he's asking us to keep watch. You'll notice that there's all these parables, but then he says to keep watch. Um, And he has this parable about uh, if you know the owner of a home knew when the thief would arrive in the middle of the night to take his goods he would be prepared for that time and so this actually uh, actually points uh, back to what we talked about yesterday in the romans 13 passage where paul talks about how like the day uh, the night is nearly done and the day is dawning upon us so let's uh, live for the lord because uh, this is the day of salvation and I think Jesus had that peculiar edge to his preaching ministry as well. He wanted people to understand that the kingdom was arriving and that the kingdom had a couple of different uh, motives in it, motivations. Motivation number one is for economy of grace, to wash away the economy of works so that people could receive the kingdom, not by the things that we try to do or the things that we left undone, but because uh, God loves us and, and God pours out his grace upon us again and again. He also wants us to know about the other edge of the kingdom, which is there's a finality of things. Um, there is a reckoning of our behavior, both individual behavior and corporate behavior and systems um, of behavior that happen out there. And so we need to keep watch and we need to align ourselves with the ways of the kingdom. And so once again, we have in this waiting period, this first week of Advent, uh, a solemn moment where we can ask God to help us to keep our eyes awake for what he's doing in the world around us. Because just like the initial hearers of Jesus' words, they were not prepared uh, for what was going to happen in AD 70. Are we prepared for what's happening in the world around us? Are we taking notice of the ways in which we are either um, engendering the kingdom among us or resisting the kingdom among us? And so what we need to pray for this morning is that God would open up our eyes and that we'd be eager and ready for the ways of the kingdom. So let's spend some time praying this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning that we can now allow our soul to rise up to meet you. And we thank you that this is a brand new day. And this is the day after Thanksgiving. And some of us are out shopping and others are hiding from all the crowds out there. We thank you that we've been able to spend time with family and friends. And perhaps we wake up a little bit tired uh, this morning and we have a lot to do. And uh, we thank you that your grace is sufficient for us on a day like this. And God, we thank you uh, for the two edges of the teachings of Jesus. On one side... He tells us about the, the kingdom arriving and the grace that is given, particularly those who are lowly and those who are poor in spirit. And so God, we thank you that you're a gracious God and that you bring in a gracious economy, a world that's upside down, a world that, a world that doesn't have to be fair in order to be right. And we thank you that you're a God who gives and gives and gives. God, we also thank you that that giving has another edge in mind. Uh, there's going to be coming a day where there's going to be a reckoning. And for those who have resisted or scoffed, or who can't handle your generosity, who uh, belittle the ways in which you give and give and give. God, there's going to be reckoning to all that. And so we thank you that you're the God of justice and the God of grace. And so, God, as we think about that, we think about our own lives. Because in some ways, we've resisted. Uh, just like this passage says, we've been like those uh, who Noah preached to, and we 
uh, we waved our hands and we belittled the message and we have not prepared ourselves. We have not prepared our friends network about uh, what might happen if we don't change our ways. And so God, we pray for your forgiveness once again, that you would cause us to uh, be awakened, awakened and alive again because of your goodness towards us in Christ. God, uh, we thank you that um, you're going to bring a finality to things that are uh, that are standing in the way of your kingdom from flourishing. God, we know that there's a, a system out there that's working against you, and um, uh, we don't put names and faces on that. We uh, speak beyond that, and we know that there's a way of evil in which uh, came against you, but you were victorious over it at the cross and at the resurrection. So God, we claim uh, the depth of the gift of your resurrection once again for our lives and the lives of those around us and the world around us that your blood would speak a better word than all the words spoken out there. That all those who give empty promises, that they will no longer have attraction in the world around us and um, causing people to be led astray. But God, we pray that you would open up eyes and open up ears, open up hearts and minds. And I, I pray, God, that there be a craving for the kingdom in our midst. We pray for that craving in our family systems. We pray that for that craving in our workplaces and for our schools and for the world around us. We pray that people would be hungry to pray and study and to forgive and to be generous um, and to um, alert to others about the arrival of the kingdom, that we'd be on mission together for the sake of your name and that people would understand and know and fall in love with you because of the richness of the gospel message, that message that tells us that the God of heaven is not counting our sins against us, but he's allowing us to be forgiven and free. So allow that message to ring true in our hearts and minds again. Allow it to motivate us to plot goodness in the world around us. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.